Yo, what's happening? It's your boy Rick Scales, one half of 18 Scales, and you over here fucking around with a Steph Off Radio production, you bitch you. Welcome to another episode of Step Off Radio, the official podcast of Step Off Magazine. I'm your host, Rob Camacho, and I'm excited to have you all here today. We got an amazing show lined up for you guys on the podcast. Today, I'm joined by none other than recording artist Rick Scales. He's an underground hip-hop artist from here in San Diego, California, where for the past 17 years, he's made music as an artist in San Diego's underground hip-hop scene. Like many of our guests featured here on Step Off Radio, Rick Scales regularly incorporates messages of social justice, community empowerment, and is a very vocal critic of U.S. domestic policy and imperialism abroad in his music. This is another one of those interviews that has been a long time in the making. We originally had plans to have Rick on the show back in the winter of 2019, and we ended up deciding to wait until after the holidays to start making plans to schedule the interview. And as we all know, it wasn't very long in the 2020 that COVID finally made its way here to the States and the country ultimately declared a national state of emergency. This episode is particularly special because on top of having an amazing guest on the show, this is our first in-person interview since the start of COVID last year. And hopefully this will be the beginning of us being able to hold in-person interviews once again on a regular basis for you guys. I had a wonderful conversation with Rick Scales covering a wide variety of topics, his upbringing, the various places he's called home over the years, and ultimately how we got into making music. I can't wait to share it with you all. We got a great show lined up, but first we got some words from our friends at Perseverance Clothing, and then we will return with my conversation with the one and only Rick Scales. See you soon. Kiburasa, powerful, persistent, and prolific. We are Perseverance Clothing. Look us up, www.perseveranceclothing.net. Shop now, you won't regret it. Y que viva la raza. Shout out to Step Off Magazine. Stay up, listen up. We are here. Much love. Internets. Before we start today's show, we just want to remind you all that Step Off Radio is available on all major podcast streaming platforms. Yo, we got the show on so many different platforms, guys. We got available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeart Podcast Network, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Podcast Addict, Overcast, Breaker, Podchaser, TuneIn, and of course, SoundCloud. Step Off Radio is 100% free with minimal commercial interference, bringing you the latest in hip-hop, art, culture, and contemporary politics. Step Off Radio is truly the podcast for the people, y'all. So make sure you head on over to your favorite podcast streaming platform, click that subscribe button, and make sure to share and review.
MCs don't MC no more, and DJs they just play. I'm guessing that's the reason B-Boys faded away into something ancient. And talked about like a religion barely practice. You can span the atlas to see this rap shit. It's now become that shit. This more of a burden on souls to bump for the masses. Kids are scared to go to the clubs to wiggle the asses. Cause that nigga that look like fabulous might put the cap in it. Why would you words spoken? They said to force. Why five slugs are on me? Five mics in the source. Magazines report. Yo, cause he held still. The spent time of safe for the drugs, he still deals. While big rapper man got the nerve to spit. That how kids don't have mentors and verses shit. I just sit back, like me a split. Swallow that, giggle a bit. The whole world's going to shit. shit, 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 shit. As an adduct battle rapper and one half of the duo 18 Scales with Ralph Quasar, Rick Scales has created a tapestry of sounds, ideas, and philosophies that has set his music apart from anything being created by his peers in the underground hip-hop scene in San Diego. Having garnered a dedicated and growing following online, Rick has quickly become one of the most prominent and celebrated figures in the city's underground scene and beyond. During our discussion, we were able to talk about Rick's personal history growing up in various cities and states, his move out to Southern California, and eventually settling in San Diego, as well as his incorporation of socially conscious messages in his music. With that said, we here at Step Out Magazine are proud to present to you all our conversation with the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Rick Scales. Welcome to another episode of Step Out Radio. We got a wonderful guest on the show today, someone we've been trying to get on for a long, long time. We have the one and only Rick Scales <laughs> joining us on the program. <laughs> Yo, thank you for taking time to sit down and talk with us, man. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. Yeah, long overdue. Yeah, you know, so for our listeners that you know may not be familiar or antiquated with your work in the community here, you know, tell us a little about yourself. You know, uh, where are you from? How old you are? You know, what is it that you do? Uh, I'm originally from Missouri. Um, 35 years old, going on 36, depending on what time this comes out. Y'all might even, I might be whatever. You know what I'm saying? But um. I lived all over the country, and I rap. I rap a lot. I like to rap. And that you do, man. <laughs> that is an understatement. You know, so first of all, man, I got to ask, you know, what's mm-hmm. the origin behind the stage name? What is the significance of what does it hold? Um, yo, I used to have a, my stage name changed so many times over life. And then um, I used to go by Rick Black, and it had a lot to do with um, my name. My real name is Cedric, so the half of that is Rick. That's why there's no K in it. And then uh, black, because I've always been, like, kind of a like pro-black person, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just the way I was raised, you know, the way my family got down. And uh, that was kind of always where my mind frame was at, you know what I mean, to a degree. And so it was Rick Black. And then one day, one of the homies just started calling me Richter Scales. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, because, you know, shake shit up, da-da-da-da, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And then it eventually got uh, cut down to just Rick Scales. No doubt, man. Yeah. Yeah, so let's start from the very beginning. You know, tell us a little bit about your early years. You know, did you grow up in a musical and artistic household? And what kind of music were you listening to growing up? What got played regularly in your house? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I was raised in a, in a definitely like a musical household, a musical family. You know what I'm saying? Like, my dad always did some type of music or was DJing or in a band or something like that. My mother was like, my whole family was uh, very church oriented. You know what I'm saying? And you know, with that comes the you know the gospel music, uh, being in the choir. You know what I'm saying? Like. We had the type of family, like, every Christmas we'll get together and get around the piano and there's 30 of us just singing Christmas carols, you know what I'm saying? Like that. Christmas is here, mistletoe and laughter, carols and bells ringing to the rafters, lights on the tree, candles all So, like, yeah, I was always really into music. Um, and I just remember as a kid, like, as far back as probably, like, three or four years old, because my folks were still together, and, like, they just, they had, they, they had a lot of vinyl, you know what I'm saying? Marvin, Stevie, Isley Brothers, you know, Evelyn Champagne King, you know what I'm saying, uh, Cool in the Gang, Earthling, Fire, just all, you know, everything. And uh, I just remember getting super into Stevie Wonder, like, as a, at a super young age, you know what I'm saying? Like, the first needle I ever put a, uh, in a groove was, uh, I think it was Characters from Stevie Wonder. And, like, he kind of was my favorite artist from that point, which kind of like developed the way I look at music, you know what I'm saying? Like from a written standpoint, actually kind of the way I look at life, to be honest, you know what I'm saying? Cause like, he didn't just like sing about love and shit like that. He talked about all types of shit, you know what I'm saying? said you know you were born in Missouri mm -hmm. and you moved out to San Diego in 2004 tell us about the area that you grew up you know you said like yeah. you know your family had a lot of influence with your musical taste mm -hmm. but a lot of times you know that also comes down to the region, the region. too yeah you yeah. know tell us a little about you know growing up you know tell us you know what ways did your community shape your perspective the sound and as well as the content of your music mm -hmm. well I mean before I was a super hip-hop head you know what I'm saying because I was really into soul music like that was my whole shit and then, like, obviously, gospel had a lot to do with that. And then um, I moved to New Orleans, and that was around the time that uh, Juvenile dropped at 400 degrees and shit. You see me, I eat, sleep, shit, and talk. 
punk rap. You see that 98 Mercedes on TV, I bought that. I, bought that. I had some felony charges, I bought that. Been sentenced no return, but still was bought back. Nigga do some slangs in the water, y'all caught that. I punished them the bitches before they could call Jack. Now I'm looking for their family and potters to walk back. If I ain't a hot boy, then what do you call that? Nigga disrespect me, I'ma be in all black. Coming in by some niggas about killing and all that. Decorey and Rusty and Duck Dog. Riding top down, so we like the trucks pause. MMT riding full deep. I booted up at these niggas claiming they know me. fucking with the whole cash money vibe you know what I'm saying I used to rap like BG and shit when I finally started rapping mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and <laughs> and then I just I just randomly got into the underground shit on the random I was playing a video game it was a Thrasher Skate Destroy and they had a crazy ass soundtrack it had a, a Tribe Called Quest uh uh a war tour and that was the one that really got me hooked there was Gangstar just to get a rep mm. Uh, African Band Bodies, Soul Sonic Force, Planet Rock, uh, Ultra Magnetic MCs, Housing, uh, oh, he had, uh, Run DMC, uh, what was that song? The King of Rock, crazy ass soundtrack, and I was like, dude, why they don't, why they don't make more music like that, you know? And then around that time, like, Talib Kweli had dropped a blast, and then from there, I started checking into, you know, just more hip hop, and there was shit that I was already into. Like I always like Busta Rhymes, you know what I'm saying? And then, um, yeah, I would just keep looking into shit. And then it's like one day I realized all my favorite rappers were getting production from Jay Dilla, and I was a fan of Slum Village. I didn't know Jay Dilla was a dude in Slum Village. And then one day he started looking at the liner notes. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You're like, wait a minute, this nigga did Stakes is hot. <laughs> this nigga did the whole Far Side joint. You know what I'm saying? Like, JD. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that woman shit, man, it hit different. And it was like, I started doing music by myself, like, had a little pirated version of Cool Let It Pro, and I would download Dilla Beats and rap over it. You know what I'm saying? Just write my little songs, record them, try to edit them myself and shit like that. And yeah, shit's kind of evolved from there. catalyst that eventually brought you out to the west coast you know when was it that you moved out here i moved out here like 2004 and yeah literally it was uh it was some it was weird ass <laughs> like um i was doing like i said i was doing the music like editing on cool edit and they had the yahoo chat yahoo! you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and Back in the day. Yeah, and we used to do the little freestyle battles on there, and it's like, shit got like all, you know, like I was already battling when I was living in Honolulu. Let's take a step back. Hold oh, shit, so, so my you, bad. So you in Honolulu. <laughs> yeah. Okay, hold on. We, we, we were from Missouri <laughs> to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, tell us about how you got into freestyling out there in Hawaii then. Um, so when I, when I was living in New Orleans, I was going to this high school, Warren Easton off Canal Boulevard. And one day at lunch, I seen niggas rapping in the back. And I'm like, oh, shit. You mean niggas could just rap 
anywhere? Like, just, just what, nigga? So I started writing my little raps. And like I said, I used to rap like Bee Gees, but, but, but not as good. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, rapping about shooting people and selling crack and shit. <laughs> and it, it was ridiculous. But um, my fucking moms, my moms moved me to stay with my dad my last two years of high school. He was in the Army. And because um, she was working at like HBCUs, she was working at like Dillard and worked at like Lincoln University and shit like that. Okay. And then um, she sent me, she was going to North Carolina and then she went and then I went to Honolulu to stay with my pops my last two years of high school. Actually, where I really got into like freestyling and battling that whole summer when I got there, I just sat in fucking room listening to Dilla beats and freestyling because I wanted to get good at freestyling. I would try to do it, and he'd be like, "Yo, shut the fuck up! <laughs> it's fucking terrible!" Like, and I was like, "Yo, I can't be out here like this." You know what I'm saying? So I just locked myself up, and basically all I did was like play a little basketball and freestyle like all summer. I got to school and there was this little area called Black Street where all the fucking military kids for the most part hung out at and niggas always cipher there. And to, to my knowledge, they still do that there today. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like to this day. But um, like it would just be like 30, 40 people in a big ass circle, five, six, seven, eight people rapping, just we would battle each other and shit like that. And then it became my thing. And then uh, I met uh that's the never in the story shout out to him and uh, he had a crew and they would have these little battles you know like they did a battle at like Alamoana Park and shit and I won that shit I was like 17 so they was like what the fuck cause I'm like suck my dick you know what I mean? like, <laughs> I was rude as fuck you know what I mean and um like yeah and from there like I ended up kicking in with like the Waikiki B-Boys here and there uh Kel Rock and them them motherfuckers it would be so dope to be around like just break dancers. They just on the strip in front of the aquarium, fucking spinning on their earlobes and shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like over some funk music, you know. And then every now and again, I kick little freestyles there, and it was just it was an everyday occurrence for a long ass time, man. So what was the what was the hip hop scene like? out there because I think when a lot of people think of Hawaii I don't mm -hmm. think the first thing they think about is also hip hop like, culture it's like San so. Diego it's literally like San Diego because I mean you gotta think yo Honolulu looks kind of like San Diego like you know yeah. what I'm saying like it's just it's a city you know what I'm saying and then there's like all the military installations and da 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 and it's like you know it's not a super big ass island and there's like I think like six or more I, I could be wrong but I think it's like six or more bases out there on Oahu, and uh, there's just military cats and people from all over. It's a tourist area, and there's all types of motherfucking B-boys. At least there was when I was out there, you know what I'm saying? And it was very similar to this. Like, people just wanted to rap. Like, everybody was rapping. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, especially after 8 Mile came out, that shit got really ridiculous. <laughs> One movie took you inside the mind of the most exciting and controversial artist of this generation. I hear you're a real dope rapper. Who told you I was a dope rapper? 
Your style is generic. Mine's authentic made. I roll like a ring. to listen to the individual, the metaphysical voices, the fiery chain. Who pumped up to get rolled so up? So here I go, it's my second defeat. Fail me not, this may be the only opportunity that I got. You Something's gonna happen. It needs to happen now. Rated R at theaters Friday. When A Mile came out, all of a sudden everybody wanted to battle my ass and shit. Like there was actually there was an incident. Me and my pops, you could ask my father, he was there. We went to go see a movie at Pearl City Mall, right? And then <laughs> and then afterwards we went to the other side of the mall because it's like a there's two sides to the mall. It's like two buildings and shit. Mm-hmm. And then we go to the other building. We go to the Arby's and shit. Cause I like to get the little roast beef cheddar with the horseradish sauce and shit. But um, we come out and somebody's like, "Hey, you that little nigga, the one that won battle such and such shit? Yeah, what's up with the battle right now, nigga?" <laughs> I was like, "God damn, like that type of shit was going on." You know what I'm saying? I felt like Crash Hollywood, the fucking 24-hour fucking intercontinental championship. <laughs> like all foul falls count anywhere and shit. My pops actually ended up beatboxing while I slayed that nigga too. <laughs> he said, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like, it, it was real similar. There was a lot of really talented people. Shout outs to my man, Creed Chameleon. He just moved to Vegas though. But like, yeah, he, we actually battled when I was like 17. And then we ended up years later, like being in the same crew, you know what I'm saying? Just by chance through Kali, cause he was tight with Kali. And then obviously Kali's like my bro. And then uh, one day he was like, oh, trying to get this dude down with the crew. He's from Hawaii, his name's Creed Chameleon. I was like, I know that nigga. I tried to fight him out of battle. <laughs> and cause he was like a grown ass man. I was like, well, he was, he was older than me. But fucking, um, but yeah, I was just extra, you know, teenagery about rap shit. And, uh, and it, but like shit ended on a cool note. And then, like, all of a sudden, we in a crew together, and that's the homie. <laughs> Hip hop is dope for that. You know what I'm saying? So you're you're in Hawaii for these two years now, and then you graduate high school. Mm-hmm. Now do you stay in Hawaii, or is this the point when you go out to the West Coast? Nah, I went to North Carolina. I went to uh, stay with my mom's, and I was going to St. Augustine for a little bit. It was like one semester I dropped out. Yeah, but um, I went to St. Aug. I didn't like it. You know what I'm saying? And then I was trying to figure out what I was gonna do with my life and shit, and. All I really wanted to do was fucking rap. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, nigga ended up on Yahoo chat. You know what I'm saying? Fucking battling people and shit. It became like a regular occurrence. And then I started recording music and putting it on. I think it was, uh, what the fuck was it? It was SoundClick. It was SoundClick, a website called SoundClick. And they would have the little charts and shit, you know what I'm saying? And my shit would do pretty good, you know what I'm saying? And then um, some of the cats that we used to battle around, like, on the internet was like, hey, why don't you come out to San Diego? It was uh, blessed from the live show. And he, I was like, yeah.
lied to my mom and told her I was going to do some other bullshit with some other people and shit. And then I just moved out here. Like, you know what I'm saying? And she was mad as fuck when she found out. Like, I was like, she was like, I thought you got a job out here. Yeah, I did get a job. I'm a rapper. <laughs> I mean, I still had a job, but <laughs> shit. That shit was fun. But yeah, I'm, it's one of the best things I ever did. You know what I'm saying? Off top, because this is, this became home for me. Like, I've been here longer than I've been anywhere else. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, like, the amount of love that I get and, like, encouragement that I get to follow my dreams and being able to accomplish the shit that I've accomplished thus far, that's all. So that To me, that's San Diego, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, you can't do it without the support of people, you know what I'm saying? And, I mean, I feel like anywhere I go, I could get some level of support just based off of what I do. Not to be, like, egotistical or nothing, but it's like... You know, like, you practice your craft, you know what I'm saying? Like, especially on the battle rap vibes and shit, like, you think of yourself like a running, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're running around with your sword, you know what I'm saying? Like, sharpening it, like, nigga, I got this Satori Hanzo, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, come on, man, like, but at the same time, like, yeah, like, without people feeling it and actually wanting to hear it and being able to get support and then have people, yo, meet this cat, da-da-da-da, this, that, and the other, like... I wouldn't be able to do, like, some of the flyer shit that I be doing. And, I mean, it still ain't the flyer shit ever. You know what I'm saying? Still growing and whatnot. And this is this fun-ass journey. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no doubt, man. So, you move out here to San Diego. What exactly gets you into this transitional period from, you know, your battling Mm -hmm. to actually, you know, like, making music, like, making, like, albums? Because you kind of go from being, like, a casual observer. Yeah to, like, an actual participant mm-hmm. artist, you know, making music and mm-hmm. pursuing it. Like you said, it's not just a hobby, you know. Yeah. Like, you know, you're, like, doing this shit for real. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, like, I've always been, like, all over the place. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, when I was younger, I always wrote shit, and I even, like, put together a couple albums that never came out thanks to some bullshit that wasn't my fault. <laughs> that, I did, that I did when I was... You know what I'm saying? Like, there was situations where, like, people's egos are wanting or needs to control shit. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes my procrastination and fear of failure, you know what I'm saying? Mixed mm-hmm. with those things as well. You know what I'm saying? But, like, you know, you spend a bunch of time doing some shit, and then you somebody was like, well, it's my equipment, so... <laughs> You're like, what the fuck, bro? That happened to me a good, like, two or three times. And, like, I was just doing live shows. Like, I would go wherever and freestyle, and that's what got me, you know what I'm saying, to where I'm at. Like, if I see a bunch of dudes in the corner and they heads bob, I'll pull up like, what's going on here? You know what I'm saying? Like, and then I'm going to kick a freestyle, and somebody like it, hey, man, that was dope. Why don't you come through over here? We got these shows, or... We got this battle, da-da-da-da. But I ended up rocking with DJ Tram Life. And, like, me, him, and the homegirl D-Dub would do little sets together, like, just mashup sets. Because me and her had a couple songs together, but we, she's, like, one of my oldest friends. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we spent a lot of time together. So it's like, I know all her shit. She know all my shit. So we're doing each other's backups and shit. And Tram's spinning for us. And then... Through that, I met DJ Artistic, and him and Root were throwing BattleBot at the Casbah. And then um, during all that time, I met I met Ralph Quasar, 
like, man, I'll be jumping on. It's like Tarantino film. God damn it. <laughs> but I met Quasar and I wanted to work with him for like mad years. But as a rapper, like, I didn't know that he made beats. His brother, Will Spliff, was a person that I was doing music with. We actually had a had a project that we didn't put out, like maybe five song EP or something, that maybe one day I'll sprinkle on y'all asses. And, uh, <laughs> and um, basically, one day me and him started rocking around the time that the battle bot was going on. Because Spliff was like, yo, I'm not really feeling making music. He wanted to be a white Jesus, be a carpenter or some shit. You know what I mean? He got all buff. Now he look like Kevin Nash. You know what I'm saying? He's out here building houses and shit. He's really good at it. You know what I'm saying? But um, he still be making fly-ass beats. And he got his band. He got a dope-ass band, too. But but he tells me, yo, link up with my bro. He make beats. So I go literally in the next room. Quasar's like, yeah, I got this beat. And it was a 4th of July, too, I remember. And we did this song called Medicine that was on... Our project freebies originally, but it got took off because of a sample clearance, which is why we went from having the free version to like the like official version where we had a bunch of extra songs and shit like that. But um, yeah, like he basically inspired me to write the way I want to write and like do music the way I want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's very like low pressure ass dude. You know what I'm saying? And in fact, he's going to encourage you to jump outside the box, but not in a weird-ass, fucking pushy-ass way. He's like, hey, man, just try that shit, man. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. You fuck up, you're not going to be like, oh, dude, what the fuck? Like, you can do 100 takes if you got to. You know what I'm saying? You're just like, go for it. You got it, dog. You know what I mean? Very encouraging. And not to mention, his beats are fucking phenomenal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we just ended up making, like, a ridiculous amount of music, like, on some fucking purple rain shit you know what I'm saying and like we just never stopped really but like working with him kind of pushed pushed me to be more of a artist than just like a battle rap dude you know what I'm saying cause when I was doing the when I first was doing the battle shit people didn't even want to fucking hear my music for the most part it wasn't until I did uh, this project called Intellectual Ignorance with this producer uh, fourth world that I don't really fuck with no more because that situation <laughs> fucking um, uh, like we were supposed to put it out and then he decided to go about it a different way and I didn't agree with it and so it was like well you can fucking have the files and you can put the album out however the fuck you want but you can't have the beats so you gotta so now I can't perform the shit I'm like damn dog okay we was hella friends and we ain't seen each other since that conversation yeah but that shit bummed me out but you know what I mean then I used some of that material for the Quasar shit as while we were writing new material but um it just became a it became a thing where it wasn't so much about being the battle rapper because I had won damn near all of them shits for like five years. I lost maybe like seven and it was every month. And like maybe they missed like four or five of those shits. But um, it was a lot of battle rapping, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I I enjoyed it, you know what I mean? It wasn't ever a, a thing. There was like people that I had wished would have joined in that shit. I think that's the only thing. I wish there were people that would have do they had in the ring at the time. But then it became a thing where it was like I was kind of tired of it. It was just it became so repetitive and redundant and whatever 
other synonyms there are to describe the shit that I just described. <laughs> and like, granted, it was still fun, but it was like, I want to be a rapper. And people, the more you freestyle in front of people, the less they believe your music's going to be good. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So after a few couple good performances and then a little trip to New York, people started paying more attention, you know what I'm saying, to, to the music I was creating. And, you know, and the inspiration for that made me make better music. You brought up the more people hear you freestyle, the less they think your music's gonna be good. <laughs> now that is like that is a common thing, man. Because mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, here in San Diego, yo, you're known as like one of the most adept battle MCs in the region. I think, in fact, I think you hold the most victories for the rap battle category at that yeah. lot, actually. Shout, yeah. Shout out the Ruin Artistic. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out. Um, we see this a lot though because you could look at like um, Freestyle Fridays on BT back mm-hmm. in the day. <laughs> You belong on Written Tuesday. It's preposterous to talk back. They got me battling a black rhinoceros on crack. You've been ripping robs from a page. Craig Mack, tell your stunt double to get off stage. Yo, don't try to be tough. I'll end your career like you caught a case of puff. Dog, you ain't the one. You look like Cormega's illegitimate son. Yo, don't stand there and try to ignore me. I'll stick my hand up in your girl and pull your seat out prematurely. Immortal technique, the rawest kid you ever heard of. Murder your whole style. Okay, that's what we working with. Yeah, yo, Brooklyn, holla back. Yo, 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 let's be real. How you think you gonna see me? My girl look like free, yours look like freeway. Oh, get it right. You think I won't smoke ya? I had your mother putting up Sky Zoo posters. I spit like Sam Cassell face. Ugly and battle any chump who thinks you wanna touch me. You nasty, what happened? I'm nastier than what's between little Kim legs before she started rapping. Dog, you gotta change your flow. I'm telling you, you rap like AJ Dress, dog. Terrible, you pump and jump. I'm like a tampon. Something that your girl need to been there at least once a month. Watch your girl. those cats that won like poster boy or Jin, yeah. never did anything but cats like a mortal technique or sky zoo who lost mm-hmm. ended up actually having careers yeah. after that stuff yeah so you know my question is you know for the casual listeners out there you know kind of in- illustrate the difference between cats who strictly battle and mm-hmm. then artists who create fully fleshed out music and songs you know and why the two aren't necessarily go hand in hand you know they're because you know you can be really good at freestyling mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a fully fleshed out artist either you know? yeah and vice versa there i mean the lines are starting to blur a lot more these days i'm noticing like i'm starting to notice more people that are like more in tune with both and i think that has a lot to do with like battle rap culture as it is today like you know with like the king of the dots and the smack urls but the big difference is like one of them is solely punchline based you know what i'm saying like like battle rap off the beat is like it's all about what you're saying how you're saying it double triple entendres the wordplay all that shit right Mm -hmm. and then with the freestyle battles that's important but you don't have to go as deep and it's obviously harder to because you're not sitting writing for a couple months you're right there in the moment you know what i'm saying but that shit is a cross between the battle rap shit and and the entertainment shit because you have to be entertaining for the most part 
Because you can lose a battle just off of being boring. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's the same thing with, with music. Like, you want to have punchlines and similes and metaphors and entendres and things of that nature. But you also want to be saying something, whether it's some battle rap vibes. You know what I mean? Because that's, that's kind of how I approach music. Now that I think about it, it's like, I'll rap about whatever I'm rapping about. But like with that, the tone of a battle rap, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yes, you know, for bars of the bars of the bars. Yeah, you know, that's that's like kind of how I, how I treat it. But I'm not also I'm not, I'm not the most intricate. You know what I'm saying? I'm not finna hit you with the super scientific metaphysical. You know what I mean? And it's like when it comes to music, it's like you have to have more than just these things. You have to be able to ride the beat. You have to be able to say something. That's going to get people to react whatever kind of way. And it can't just be like bar, 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 bar. It can for some people, but it's like some people, I feel like, I'm trying to think of how to say it. Some people focus on solely the bars. But it's like if you have bars, but you don't have cadence, if you're picking whack beats, you know what I'm saying? Like if you don't know how to record your shit, like if you can't perform your shit properly, like... Those are the things that make an artist different than a battle rapper. And some of these things are necessary in both. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like with music, in order to make good music, you have to really focus on what it is you're trying to convey. You know what I'm saying? And stick to that to a degree that's a little more intricately thought out. You know what I'm saying? Like, not so much the... Basically, I feel like when it comes to music... You can be a dope punchline artist and be garbage. You know what I'm saying? At the same time, mm-hmm. like it, you kind of have to have everything. You know what I mean? And other and in the battle shit, you can get by with just being able to say the shit and put it together. You know what I mean? And that's why people look at it so differently, because, like for one, nobody well not nobody, but a lot of people will just sit there and say the same shit over and over and over and over and over and over. You know what I mean? That's one thing I noticed with battle rap shits that that turn into it. It comes down to like how many times do you want to hear gun bars and this and that and the other. Like the most interesting artists are people that are more versatile, in my opinion. And it's like people that only like that one style are gonna appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? But there a majority of the people like you don't wake up every morning. And fucking brush your teeth with a fucking Smith and Wesson, and clock in at the trap house. Like you know what I'm saying? Like you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. So it's like yeah, that shit's cool. It's like watching an action movie. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's real or not, when they're saying it. You know what I'm saying? And then when you vary up your subject matter, you know what I mean? Then you get like artists like say a Action Bronson. You know what I'm saying? A Ghostface even. Like you know what I mean? Which is very similar <laughs> but like you know there's the, or like Elzai you know what I mean uh, Royce the Five Nine Black Thought you know what I mean mm-hmm. like these are people that'll rap about shooting you in the face and blowing your house up or whatever and all the you know what I mean all the wild shit like all the deep shit all the political shit all the funny shit all the love shit like you get everything and the more the more vast the experience that you give the listener you know what I'm saying? The better your music is gonna be. Yeah, a lot of battle artists, you know, battle rappers are essentially comedians on the mic. Yeah, you know, 
And, and that's cool and all, you know, but mm -hmm. like it doesn't necessarily transfer over to being a well-rounded, fleshed-out artist, like you said, that can mm -hmm. bring you that universal 360-degree experience of every facet of life. Mm -hmm. But also, I do feel like that shit's starting to... Like, I feel all the lines are starting to blur within music uh, these days. Like, if you look at, like, the underground versus mainstream idea... That used to look very different yeah. 10 years ago. Like, you know what I'm saying? You knew an underground head when you saw one. And you knew, like, a mainstream head when you saw one. You know what I'm saying? But I think a lot of... It has a lot to do with, like, the labels not having as much control over shit. And mm -hmm. the internet kind of taking over. So people are able to be who and what they want to be. And I feel like music in and of itself right now is like the worst and best it's ever been because of it you know what i'm saying yeah you know it's, it's interesting how you say it because like you said like 10 years ago like you could probably peg a underground head because oh mm -hmm. they're listening to little brother oh yeah. there's a mortal technique yeah. oh they're listening to he's got on a backpack and some shell toes <laughs> <laughs> and now yeah. you said like you said the, the lines are a little bit more blurred now yeah you know, even with, like, the reach that some artists get, you know, you mm -hmm. got, like, you know, like, Griselda and, like, you yeah. know, groups like that that have that very underground sound, but you know, mm -hmm. are getting kind of, like, that mainstream exposure mm -hmm. now. And it, to me, that means there's no excuses anymore. There's literally no excuses. There's dudes that are rapping that are 50, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And they're dope, you know what I mean? Like, there's gangster rappers that sing, you know what I'm saying? Well, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> there's singers that rap you know what i'm saying like like everything's becoming this thing where it's like there's no excuse to be putting out fucking bad music you know what i'm saying <laughs> like there's so many examples of the right way to do it in any fucking of the billions of subs genres out there in the world you know what i'm saying and there's, and there's a ton of sub genres these days yeah yeah and i think that's a good and bad thing yeah goth trap <laughs> acid jazz <laughs> <laughs> industrial <laughs> jazz <laughs> you know what I mean but I mean but yeah man you know, but with that said I wanted to kind of circle back to you know with yeah. you and uh, and Ralph Quasar linking mm -hmm. up like you said you and Ralph link up and it's kind of pushing you to up your craft you know mm -hmm. whether it's the music you make the production you pick you know the stuff that you talk about now you made a lot of music together but mm -hmm. for those listeners out that maybe aren't familiar you guys are also part of a group together which yes, is sir. 18 scales yeah yeah, who's asking us? Yeah, who's asking us? Yeah, who's asking I wake up every morning, take a shit, smoke a cigarette, kiss my lady by, get to work, try to get the head. Bitch, I'm fresh, always get it poppin', never get upset. When a nigga flex, not impressed by a little threat. Been a vet, whether you choose to acknowledge pilot set styles, finesse, wordplay or not, it's up to you, I guess. Beauty is in there, rid the beholder. If you behold, you know this, I'm carry go, booyah all up on my shoulders. You know the era where the older folks are scared a childless skin intelligent devilish grinning soldier pants hanging off my ass my demeanor screaming so what i keep it funky fresh plus my dj got them cold cuts rappers act like they blown up blown up really they just blow nuts bust a flow tell them to kiss my chucks like i'm sure enough understanding i ain't giving no fucks find another spot some me and my people's got the top sewn up so give me dope beats and pal and i'm smashing them whack rappers cramp my style no potassium radio jams swag who's going in the gas what i like i'm like who's asking so who's asking us? Yeah, who's asking us? Yeah, yeah, who's asking us? Yeah, What was the catalyst for the two of you to link up and join forces actually as a group? You know, like you um, aren't just working with one another 
as just you know rapper producer like some people have like a favorite producer they work with you know you guys mm-hmm. are actually the official group because you know because duos are an increasingly rare thing in hip-hop you know mm-hmm. people just kind of opt you know that just kind of go solo and do their own thing you don't really get your gang stars or your pete rock yeah. or your epmds you know mm-hmm. these days anymore so what was this catalyst that made you two want to actually link up and lock in as an official group well, I mean, like I said at the time, I was working with his with his brother Will Spliff, and then he decided he didn't want to do music anymore, and sent me over to his brother, whom I wanted to rap with because he's an amazing rapper. Like that's that's how I met him. He was like a teenage dude, fresh out of high school that was just nasty. Like you know what I'm saying? Like he could freestyle. You know what I'm saying? He just had the cadence. He had the voice. He had the punchlines. And his music was just fun, you know what I'm saying? And I wanted to rap with him. I'm like, yo, you want to do like a little EP or something? He's like, yeah. And then I pull up and he's like, yo, I got these beats, you know what I mean? Because he had sent me beats before and I didn't like them. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. And he started playing the beats and I was like, oh, shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then we started just doing shit. And like right away, we were like, yeah, we're going to keep doing this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, we already, we have similar influences musically, you know what I'm saying? We're both, like, very big fans of, like, Busta Rhymes, Slum Village, you know what I mean? That particularly, like, that's one of our, like, biggest bonding points, like, through music, you know what I mean? As as fans. And, um, fucking one day we, we were in the studio doing our 100 billion song, and it's like, so what are we going to name this shit, you know? <laughs> and then we were on a podcast, it was a... Platform collection with uh, C-Ray And then he asked us about it Because cause we were getting interviewed Because by this time we had been performing together And stuff like that And um, he was like so you guys got a name And he was like oh we were thinking about I forgot what the other name we were thinking of But I guess it was whack Because we didn't pick it <laughs> And I don't remember it and, um, and then we had joked about being 18 scales based like you know, Jay Lib, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're a fan of Mad Lib and Jay Dilly, you know, they just bond, put the two names together. Quasar used to go by 18 cents. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And so we just came up with the name 18 Scales as a joke. And then we were like, fuck it. Like, right there on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's 18 Scales. You know? And then that's what it was. No doubt, man. Yeah. It's funny how sometimes spontaneity is like the spark of genius and it mm-hmm. sticks. And that's pretty much our whole thing when it comes to the music. Like, we don't have, like, a set, like, we're going to do it like this. Like, every every time is different, you know what I'm saying? Like, some beats have been made with me fucking around with a tambourine. And he's like, wait, do that shit on the mic. And I do it, and then he build a beat off, or, or I'm fucking around on the drums, or he'll just have a beat playing when I come in. And I'll be like, oh, I got this verse already. Or we'll sit there and build something from scratch, or... We'll make a beat together or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It just comes naturally. Yeah, yeah. And um, and with that said, man, you know, I kind of want to go into like your thoughts on um, what's going on in the world because you do you do touch a lot on a variety of different stuff in your yeah. Music. Now you know it's an it's an understatement to say that right now there's a lot of stuff going on in the world today. Mm-hmm. You know, and in some regards there seems to be kind of a disconnect between rap music and the world of current events. You mm-hmm. know, taking place. You know. Just the general climate in the country, you know, there's so much exposure and emphasis to police brutality, mm-hmm. racism, blatant corruption, and just, you know, utter contempt for the poor and communities of color. Mm-hmm. Many artists bristle or shy away from such labels of being, you know, woke or, mm-hmm. you know, 
or a lot of artists get flack from certain circles in society when they speak out against social issues. Mm-hmm. Do you believe the artists and performers have a duty to use their platform to speak out against injustices and bring public awareness, you know, to the public? Yes and no. Like, yes, because, I mean, like, that Spider-Man shit comes with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of people talk about, you know, the Lil Nas X thing, right? And a lot of people don't like it for a lot of different reasons. You know what I'm saying? I don't necessarily have a problem with it, aside from the fact of who he was marketed to before he made that song. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I feel like you have a responsibility, especially if you're being marketed to or little kids. You know what I'm saying? You do have a level of responsibility to that. Now, if you're Marilyn Manson and you came out like Marilyn Manson, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's... that's, You you know who the demographic you're trying to reach with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's important. And at the same time, I feel like anybody with a platform, if a lot of people are listening to you, like, it boils down to what are you trying to give the world? Like, what is your legacy? Like, is it just that of, hey, we have, we're having a good time? That's cool. Like, I'm not mad at that. Like, some people don't want to... Not everybody's going to be a warrior. Not everybody's going to be a soldier. Not everybody's going to be a freedom fighter. Like, you know what I'm saying? And at the same time, there needs to be a balance out there in the world of anything, you know what I'm saying, as it pertains to that type of shit, like, you're gonna go crazy if you spend every waking minute of your life looking at what's wrong in the world, because there's so fucking much, like, you know what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. there's so much wrong in the world that if you sit there and you try to fight every single injustice that you, you gotta take a break sometimes, and sometimes you wanna listen to that fucking ignorant bullshit that, like, you can just straight disconnect, get fucked up, you know what I'm saying? Turn the fuck up. Have you have a good fucking time. Mm-hmm. Escape that shit for a minute. Because you're going to have to deal with it one way or another. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, why not go into it happy? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, there, there needs to be a balance of that. And I think, okay, this is the thing that I think is fucking up music to a degree. As it pertains to how I view the underground versus mainstream. There are people out there that only respect what you're saying as an artist and to that I say you need to read a fucking book like you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. listen to an audio book or something you know what I mean like go listen to some slam poetry because it's fucking music it's music you know what I'm saying like I don't give a fuck if you're fucking creating a new element in your raps you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. if you deliver that shit trash and the beat is garbage and you're off the beat fuck that shit I don't want to hear it now if you're doing that and the shit sounds amazing God damn it, you're the best thing ever. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? Like, straight up and down. And I think people need to understand that. And it's like, and also on the other end, there are people that only want to hear, like, gangster shit. There's people that only want to hear party shit. You know what I'm saying? And that's cool. You know what I mean? Because there, there are people that specifically want one thing. And it's out there for whoever. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it's like, I just want to see more underground heads get off their high horse. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, straight up and down. Like, it's not 1997. If nothing is running the way it used to, like, everywhere is the underground. Like, everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Even the mainstream is the underground now. Straight up and down. Now, earlier you talked about how you see the lines blurring Mm -hmm. more and more. Do you see that line blurring with artists bouncing out, you know, revolutionary political stuff also with like party music because back like you said back in the mm-hmm. day you know you could have Queen Latifah 
mm-hmm. a track called Quest Public yeah. Enemy and NWA on the same ticket or on the same yeah. tour. You know, they tour together. Yeah. Do you see that um, kind of making its way back, or is there mm-hmm. still some progress that needs to be made bridging the canyon between those two camps, really? I think that that shit is at this point become trendy. You know what I mean? Which I don't necessarily like and agree with to the fullest. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like some people do it because, like, just like the health food shit became a trend and CrossFit became a trend and veganism became a trend and now, like, consciousness has become a trend. After the things that happen out here in the world, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you it's on the forefront of everyone's mind. Like, what, what did we do last year other than sit in the house and watch black people die at the hands of cops and other minorities die at the hands of cops? It's disturbing new video, the last minutes of George Floyd's life, as witnesses desperately plead with cops to get off his neck. Breonna Taylor, who was an essential worker, literally an EMT working at two different hospitals and in the middle of the night on March 13th at the height of the pandemic as she slept in her bedroom, in her home, a rogue renegade task force of the Louisville Metro Police Department was gathering to bust into her home to arrest a suspect in a drug raid that they had already arrested at a different home in a different neighborhood. In the middle of the night, dressed not in SWAT gear, but plain clothes, street cars, street clothes, dressed as everyday people, prepared to barge into her home in the middle of the night in a drug raid. Brianna, who was asleep and got up with her shirt off, is then shot and killed, riddled with bullets by police. Brianna was shot at least eight times. Her body was riddled with bullets and bullet holes. And that eight was only an and racism and riots and fucking I almost got fucking smoked <laughs> a protest got hit fuck rubber bullets everybody getting hit with rubber bullets smoke bombs like yeah like and some of that was a trend like you know what I'm saying I saw people shooting videos at the protest I was pretty disgusted by that personally you know what I'm saying I feel like my issue is when it becomes insincere Mm-hmm. And when it becomes like, oh, I know people want to hear fuck Donald Trump. There came a point in time where if you're at the show and the crowd's not reacting to you, I watch people do it. You know what I'm saying? You're kicking the rap. Everyone's like, yeah, whatever. And Let me get a fuck Donald Trump. And the whole crowd goes nuts mm-hmm. every time. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I feel like that's disrespectful to, to the art form. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, but also there are people that it's just at the forefront of their minds and they don't look at it the way maybe the roots look at it or like the way Talib Kweli or Most Def look at it, or Immortal Technique. They look at it from that 
from the standpoint of the average American citizen that doesn't pay attention to politics and da 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 da, and then one day you fucking take these blinders off, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and you, what are you gonna do at that point? Because I know for me, we didn't put out a lot of music last year. We put out one song, and it was literally about what was going on. And I literally didn't want to do... I didn't want to do a quarantine song. I didn't want to do a police brutality song. And then I thought about it, and it was like, literally, if you listen to all my music, I've always been rapping like this. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And um, I was at the studio. They were fucking burning down <laughs> the police station. And, like, I didn't know that when I was writing the song. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was took a break from writing. I already made the chorus and da-da-da-da. And the whole song was just... Me on some, like, we're at the lab. Uh, George Floyd just, you know what I mean, had been killed and da-da-da-da. And we had already linked up. And I was just at the studio. He's making beats. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Like, what am I going <laughs> to fucking rap about, dog? Like, I'm, like, I'm going to rap about how cool I am and how I can out-rap a nigga and beat a nigga up and steal your bitch and shit. <laughs> like, nigga, I smoke the best weed. Like, what? No. Like, I don't. I was smoking. And I was smoking because I was bummed the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? And that's where the initial line, I just want to burn something down. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, came from. Because I'm like, bruh, like, I just need it. You know what I mean? I just want to burn something down. <laughs> burn something down. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> and, um, and it was a beat that Quasar had made off of Dev Love. Like, if you listen to the song, it has like a long ass like piano intro, you know, mm -hmm. he has a piano solo. It was way longer than that, to be honest. Like it was, and Quasar took, you know, a part of it and flipped it and then added another part that was the complete intro to it, you know? And then he built the beat off of it. I remember I wrote my verse, that's how I felt. Like I, I wanted to smoke some fucking weed and I was like looking at what was going on and it was like, shit's different. That's it. The world is never gonna fucking be the same. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, and when I'm talking about burning shit down, like I wasn't talking about rioting. That's what ended up happening. But we also know that that wasn't necessarily the protesters that were doing the looting and pillaging and burning. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it definitely wasn't mostly people of color that's for sure especially you know out in minnesota because i was all. there the night in la mesa man we were there for hours mm -hmm. um i remember i was marching with the homie and mall skinny Vinny, my melanotti posse and shit and we had a couple of the a couple of the white homies with us and shit shout out bryce and them and we were marching and i i just I didn't know what to do. I was so mad i'm like i have to go like i have to go you know so we meet up and there's fucking hundreds of us you know what i'm saying and we just start marching and i'm like cool and then we just take the street and i'm like oh shit like there's like hundreds of people stuck in traffic and i don't necessarily fuck with that kind of vibe because you know what i mean niggas got a place to be sometimes like even in the in the height of some shit you know what i mean and i get it i get it you know what i mean like an injustice to some of us and injustice to all of us but one thing that I did notice there in La Mesa that people don't fucking talk about is when they took over the street and they took over the freeway a lot of the people that were stuck in the street and the freeway were giving people water mm -hmm. they had their fists out the window they're chanting with us like I almost fucking cried dude like you know what I'm saying that is as someone that's covered many protests over the years that's something that I never 
never makes it to the news is how many people in this roads mm-hmm. are that you said have their fist out or clapping or honking mm-hmm. their horns. Not honking their horns because they're mad. They're honking their horns because yeah. they're in support. I saw two people, two people in the throughout the whole of Mesa shit that had a problem with that. Mm-hmm. And then we went back to the police station, and they were like. Let's just smoke bomb these motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? And then when they did that, people were like, cool. So we're throwing bricks and shit at police cars. You know what I'm saying? Because they're pulling up and bombing on us. And all we're doing is saying we don't want y'all to do shit like what you're doing. You know? And like, then they then they pull out and they, they instigate yep. violence. And then they mm-hmm. pull out and they leave a scene. Yep. And then, you know, you have your age provocateurs and people who are already there to cause problems yep. go out and the mayhem and, and, and anyone that says that that didn't happen is a fucking idiot there's actual proof of pallets being dropped off pallets of bricks in areas where protests are scheduled ahead of time mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying if you're out there you see the people that are clearly fucking cops in tactical gear and they're the ones that are riling people up you know what i'm saying either that or some punk ass kids that don't know what a fucking revolution is and they're like oh we're supposed to just turn up Dog, there's kids. If there's kids at the protest, turning up should never be the cause. You know what I'm saying? That's the shit that hurt my heart the most about that. Because those cops saw that there was children everywhere when they shot the teenagers. Fucking, you know what I mean? Young kids. You know what I'm saying? You willingly just start shooting. Total disregard for human life and safety. It's fucking wild. And then you have the nerve... Even if the protesters were to have been the people to straight tear shit up, and some of them were, some of them were, but we all know what really happened. Like, fucking that. But even if they were, how could you expect us not to? Because that's your response to us saying, stop killing black people. Don't kill nobody. You know what I'm saying? Like, you talk about uh, Makia Bryant. She didn't have to die. Like, he could have stopped her. The officer could have stopped her without killing her, period. I don't give a fuck what you say. If you have time to reach for a gun, you have time to reach for a taser. You can reach for a taser on a traffic violation, you know what I'm saying, for someone that's not even a violent. You see these cops who time and time again have nothing but unending patience and composure when they're arresting, you know, white boys with Mm -hmm. semi-automatic weapons and stuff, but people with a knife or people who aren't even armed. Just get yeah. blown away for just existing. I mean, yeah. you know, it's ridiculous. It's like, for him to let that many shots off, he made a decision to kill that girl. He did not have to kill that girl. He chose to kill that girl. It just happened in Escondido. A guy got shot. I, there, it just recently in Escondido, cop unloaded on a dude. Now, granted, the dude was coming at the cop with a lead pipe, and he gave him multiple warnings. But in the time that it took him to draw the pistol, hold the pistol on him, argue with him, and then let off five or more shots... He could have gotten a taser. He could have made the dude. He could have not been a bitch and socked him in his mouth. Like, you know what I mean? Because that's what happens on the streets. Like, what do we do before the cops come? What happens when a guy comes at me with a lead pipe and I'm not a cop and I don't have a gun or a taser or handcuffs? Or I have to either run away, collect my shit, or I have to advance on this motherfucker in order to save my life or the people around me. I don't have the option to shoot people. There's been situations where people have done what they were supposed to do and gone to jail. There are people, like, it's, whew, I get mad. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just crazy to me that people can justify murder 
the whole plan is to protect and serve, why aren't you protecting? You're not protecting or serving in that situation. You're murdering. I don't give a fuck what the situation is. There, yes, there are going to be in situations where, hey, that's the option. But if you're like, you know what? Fuck this. I gave this motherfucker a warning. I told him now I'm going to shoot him to death. When you literally had a bunch of other options, you murdered a person. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, man, you know, like, people always bend over backwards trying to come up with an excuse to lethal force when acting, like, as if cops have a fucking bat utility belt full of, you know, non-lethal <laughs> options you know what I'm to go with. <laughs> you know, but thank you, man. Thank you for sharing, you know, your thoughts on it. You know, it's very powerful words absolutely. on thank this. You. Thank you for letting me talk about it. Yeah, man, absolutely. Kind of tying into this, um, this broader topic that we've been talking about, you know, hip-hop's undeniable ties to political activism and mm -hmm. its expression, you know, it carries a uniquely extra punch in your music, mm -hmm. particularly due to the many social issues present in the music ethos and uh, powerful and significant musical genres and mm -hmm. social movements of, like, the past half a century. Mm -hmm. Tell us your thoughts about hip-hop's power to build unity and enlighten the masses and fuel the mechanisms for change in society because, you know, even though you said a lot of people do kind of hop on this um, bandwagon, this bandwagon yeah. or trend, it does have the power to, to move, move yeah. people. And we've seen it happen with John before. We can look back to the late 80s and early 90s Absolutely. and see a similar thing. One thing that really comes to mind is uh, the Kendrick Lamar song that Pharrell produced, the, the All Right. I'm fucked up, homie, you fucked up. But if God got us, then we gon' be all right. When I wake up, I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut. Bahamas, I be looking at you from the face down. One Mac 11 even boom with the face down. Skimming, and let me tell you about my life. Painkillers only put me in a twilight. With pretty pussy and Benjamin is the highlight. Now tell my mama I love her, but this what I like. Lord knows, 20 of them in my Chevy. Tell them all to come and get me, reaping everything I sow. So my karma come in heaven, no preliminary hearings on my record. I'm a motherfucking gangster in silence for the record. Uh. Tell the world I knew it's too late. Boys and girls, I think I've gone crazy. Trying to side my face is all day. Won't you please believe when I say when you know we've been hurt, been down before. Nigga, when our pride was low, looking at the world like where do we go? Nigga, and we hate poor poor. Wanna kill us dead in the street for sure. Nigga, I'm You know what I'm saying? You remember when they when they ran back the Million Man March? What were they singing out there the whole time? You know what I'm saying? They're chanting, you know, Kendrick lyrics, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, yeah, when you're the biggest artist on the planet, you know what I'm saying? Or one of them, the things that people hear you say are going to resonate with people. That's why I appreciated him with the when he came back from the control thing. And what's the first single he dropped was I. You know what I mean? A lot of people were mad about it because it wasn't, you know, the typical, you know what I'm saying, cul-de-sac rap. I remember when that song came out. Yeah, yeah. The people were all caught off guard. Like, yeah. this was the first single? He just did Control and talked about how he's going to shit on everybody. And he, the next song he comes out with is a song about loving yourself. You know what I'm saying? With all dark-skinned black women in the video. Do-do-do-do. Like, I was thoroughly impressed with that. I was like, wow. And it's like, look at how shit slowly evolved like from there consciousness has slowly been creeping back in through and it's like yeah part of like i said part of it becomes a trend but once it gets in you you know what i'm saying depending on what type of person you are 
know what I mean? If you're a real empathetic person, if you if you really can see the plight of other people and, and understand right from wrong, and that shit gets in you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to take over to some degree, and especially when it comes to the music, because it's going to be on your mind. Because, <laughs> like I said, like, it, you can't escape it. It's yeah. fucking everywhere. You know what I'm saying? There's all types of... Especially in the digital age, every tragedy is caught on film. Mm -hmm. And it's in your face. The minute it happened, you could, it's like you're there, right there in the moment, you know? It's in your face, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, if with a snap of a finger, you know, something something all the way on the other side of the globe, you Mm -hmm. know, could be right in the palm of your hand. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your thoughts on this, you know, because this is something that, you know, a lot of artists, you know, far too many ignore, you know, or mm-hmm. don't want to touch on you. So thank you for sharing your thoughts. Yo, thank you, you for, know. you know what I mean? Again, for letting, for giving people a platform to say what they, you know what I mean, what they really feel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, absolutely. Now, to bring this more to a local level, mm-hmm. uh, San Diego is the second largest city in California. The region has a dedicated but significantly smaller hip-hop scene than, say, like, L.A. or the Bay mm-hmm. Area. Now, you've been to a lot of places, dude. Mm-hmm. Some people would argue that here in San Diego the local hip hop scene is almost regulated to a niche audience in the region. You know, why do you think that is? You know, can you can you tell us the contrast you've seen between San Diego and other cities that you've been to or performed in? Uh the difference is people sit on their fucking couches and complain that there's not shit going on when there's literally like probably something amazing going on outside right the fuck now. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and damn near any genre. Like, you know what I mean? San Diego has everything. They have, like, a great jazz scene. They have a great fucking underground scene. They have a great fucking, like, the, the niggas is doing the fuck gangster shit out here. Their shit is fucking dope. Like, everything's dope out here. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's not a shortage of good music. There's also an abundance of not good music. But it's like, people like to see one thing and think that that's everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's multiple hip-hop scenes in San Diego. You know what I'm saying? Or rap scenes or whatever. You can go get the motherfucking neo-soul out here. You can go get jazz. You can go get dope-ass punk rock. You can go get heavy metal. You can go get that rockabilly shit. You can go get reggae. You can go get fucking dance hall and dub. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Everything's here. There's great shit out here. Like, there's great DJs. There's great B-boys. Like, everything's here. If you can sit here and say that San Diego isn't one of the dopest cities in America for music, then you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Period. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. The last couple years, I've literally performed almost every night for, like, two years straight. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And if I wasn't if I wasn't on the build and I was just there and he was like, you want the mic? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, dog, there's so much dope shit and so many dope artists. Like, I could sit here forever and not remember the list of people that I want to fucking name. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Now, do you think that that variety in a sense, almost serves as a detriment to the city, and that's why it doesn't have a defined... Nope. I think people are fucking lazy. I think I think people are lazy listeners, man. Like, And it's like, I understand it. There's, there's so much out there in the world, but people have this view of, of an artist, or anything for that matter. If it doesn't look like some Hollywood shit, mm-hmm. then a lot of people are going to bypass it. 
know what I mean? You do something that looks like, oh, shit, did Lil X shoot this video? Is this a Hype Williams video? Now, all of a sudden, everybody's... And that doesn't mean the shit that you did that wasn't that quality wasn't dope or amazing. There's been amazing shit that's been... But until they have that little cosign, whether it's someone famous or something that looks expensive or something that looks high-tech or something, Mm -hmm. people are less likely to check for it. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, niggas see what they want to see. And it could, like, I literally, there's no excuse for anyone to believe that San Diego doesn't have one of the best hip hop scenes in America. No or, or even, like, rivaling the best scenes in the world. Fuck that. You know what I'm saying? No doubt, man. Absolutely, man. Now, with that said, you know, what do you enjoy most about being a hip hop artist here in San Diego? Like, everything. Every, <laughs> everything. Like, um,. I love the camaraderie that's out here. And it didn't used to always be like that. You know what I mean? But in the past five, ten years or so, somewhere in that gap, there's come this point where it's like the ego is starting to get killed off here. Yeah, there are people that go, oh, I don't fuck with him or I don't fuck with her. Or, do, 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 do. Nobody gives a fuck. Like, everybody's cool with a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you know this cat, then you know this cat, that cat, that cat, that cat. You know what I mean? If y'all not getting along, that's y'all business. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, people aren't really causing divides. There's not this clicking up and crewing up. Now, some people and some crews, whatever. Yeah, it happens. You know what I mean? But for the most part, I see so much encouragement. Like, even down to when, like, say... Somebody comes up and they perform, they're not as good, you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe they don't have their breath control together or they're cupping the mic too much or, you know what I mean? Something's wrong with their shit Mm -hmm. to where it's, like, obviously not at a certain level, you know? People are going to come up to you and be like, hey, like, why don't you try this? Like, this shit, you know what I'm saying? And I've been watching people grow and expand and people are teaching each other as they go, you know what I'm saying? That shit is beautiful to me. You know what I mean? Like, San Diego hip-hop to me is literally, like, every time I go to a show, I'm at the fucking family reunion. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's not no weird random dick rider shit. Like, you know what I mean? That that shit does happen every now and again with some people. You know what I mean? But, like, for the most part, like, everybody is out there encouraging. Everybody wants to see the next person you know what I'm saying? Get on. So it's like when you do something dope, niggas is like dope. And when you quiet, niggas is like, where's that nigga at, man? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like with a lot of artists, you know what I'm saying? It's not just me or my crew. There's a bunch of, you know what I'm saying, people out here that just show love and give love and, like, are willing to extend a hand and, oh, I got this connection, holler at this cat. Like, you know what I mean? And it's, we're in this stage of growth where, like, sometimes it gets a little chaotic because everybody's wants to do it right now so mm-hmm. it's like you go out on you and that's exactly why this scene's so popping like we, what we were just talking about like you go out and there's five six shows going on tonight and yeah and you all of the shows you want to go see you're like oh so-and-so's on but oh there was so-and-so oh, they got a live band nigga like what like you know what i'm saying like <laughs> there's always some shit going on and sometimes it gets chaotic but you know i'm, I'm gonna try and hit every show in the night like <laughs> you know what i'm saying like straight up but um there's so much camaraderie, there's just so much versatility, and there's so much talent, and it just keeps growing. And I'm super excited to see what's just going to be like when things get to this new normal, when shit opens back up. Because people people been in their bag. 
Man, and there ain't no excuse for people not upping their shit over the past year or two after this Hell is all no. Everybody better be coming with their A game. You got all types of up. material. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you done seen and felt and experienced all types of things. You done had all this time to fucking practice your craft. Like, yeah, like, yeah. And it's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, man. With that said, conversely, you know, what is something you dislike about the scene here in San Diego? If there's, some, if there's anything. Hmm. Hmm. What do I dislike about the scene? I wish people would stop doing shows where there's too many people on the bill at once. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think when you do that, it shortchanges. Someone in the show is getting shortchanged. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's the artist in the beginning, the artist in the middle, or the artist in the end. Because it's like there's 30 people on the bill. Unless you're pulling that type of crowd, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. There's people that... I've been to shows where it's like everybody's burnt the fuck out by the time. Six-hour show. You know what I'm saying? You've been throwing your hands in the air, waving them like you just don't care. Your feet hurt. Your back hurt. You're hungry. (laughs) You're fucking trashed. You're tired. You got shit to do in the morning. Then the guy that you're supposed to do all this shit for, they come on and you're like, nigga, I want to go outside. It's hot. <laughs> Niggas is stinky now. You've been sweating. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it sucks. Like, there needs to be, <laughs> right? There needs to be, there needs to be more quality control for one. I think people are just letting everything, they're just opening the floodgates. Mm-hmm. And I get like letting people follow their dreams and do, 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 do. Like, I'm all for all of that. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like people got to really pay attention to who's really trying to do this and who's doing the hobby shit. And, like, certain shit got to be for the hobbyists. And certain shit got to be for the for real cats that's doing it. Mm -hmm. And certain shit got to be for both. Like, you know what I'm saying? But there needs to be a separation. And it can't be a million niggas on the bill every show. Right back amateur night. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that because everybody starts somewhere. Like, and you can't start at the fucking top. I didn't, and I'm still not at the top. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, like I literally went out there and grinded for my shit. And I think people don't understand that no more because we live in the fame age. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Anybody could be famous for anything at any given moment. Like, you know what I'm saying? You could be walking down the street and fart and somebody capture that shit and make a beat out of it. And now you're famous and call you MC Flatulence. Like, you know what I'm saying? With a trillion views, you're a billionaire now. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like straight up and down. Like, I think that makes people not respect the process as much. But also, to a degree, it's, it, for some people, is accelerated the process because you, you find that shit out and then you're on the fast track. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I think that people have to learn to stop rushing to be famous. Like, you don't, like, you're going to get famous by being dope. Like, you know what I'm saying? If you have the work ethic and you develop the talent, you're going to be undeniable and you're going to fast track yourself where you want to be. You know what I'm saying? Who are some people that you would want to shout out that if they don't know, Mm -hmm. people need to know? How much time you got? (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's put top five, I guess. Okay. God, that's not fair. (laughs) I get like a top 20. (laughs) Oh. Uh, Somebody I've been checking for a lot recently is this cat, uh, Derek Goldsmith. He just dropped a project called, uh, EP called Hear This, and it's... Like, I've been, I was listening to it before y'all got here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you straight up, like, it's like on daily rotation. Um, 
I'm going to combine two because I'm because I do what the fuck I want. Um, Skinny Vinny and Amal D, those are my brothers, man. We got a we got some shit coming out with our we, we started a group called Melanati. We got a project coming soon ish. But uh, Amal, Amal and uh, Skinny Vinny are really both amazing fucking artists. You know what I'm saying? Their talent is just they're just them. Like nobody sounds like them. Nobody does shit the way they do it. And they do it really well. Like, it's very familiar, but very new. Another artist that I've been fucking with, for those that are listening that don't know, if you don't know about Odessa Kane, step your fucking game up. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Him and Scatterbrain just dropped that Expose the Matrix project. That shit is fucking phenomenal. You know what I'm saying? Um, Callie the Dreamer and Dre Cat, they're like solo artist but also a duo they've been working with my man dj root shout out to dj root no sucker djs up in this motherfucker and um they're really great like they're some of my favorite performers like they have really fun songs and they have a ridiculous amount of really good fucking videos that should probably have way more numbers like in my opinion uh sham black dope as fuck he's been doing his thing Kali, obviously. Kali's been doing a bunch of shit. He's been dropping music fucking nonstop. You got a video coming out, a couple more things. Oh, Dago Fats. <laughs> Dago Fats is dope as fuck, man. Uh, he has, he got a song called, uh, I think it's called Different. They just dropped a video for that. And literally since that shit came out, like last year, I was walking around the house every six missed calls. She tripping. <laughs> Take on the scrape, still with it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this is a good ass song. He makes really good music. He's like he would say, was he's a nerdy, groovy gangster. Yes, indeed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he really has all of that. And when he's like a lyricist, he's an entertainer. You know what I'm saying? Dude is really dope. Um, yeah, man. There's a ton of people, man. I don't even know where else to go with that. But yeah, there's. I mean, if you look at my Instagram, I'm always sharing people. My brother Sojourn. Shout out to that brother. He's like the only person that I know that could beat me in a battle while playing the drums. Like that's he's one of those guys, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, straight up and down. He's he's an amazing cat, man. And he makes great beats and he's an all-around good dude. Like there's a uh, Billy No Jokes. Billy No Jokes just dropped that album called Iron Soul. That's just dope. I featured on it. My songs and shit. Whatever. <laughs> I don't care how anybody feels. Shame and self-promotion and some some promotion for the homies. The Boom League. The Boon League is a group of just a shit ton of they're like the Spring Valley Wu Tang, nigga. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they got a bunch of dope MCs. Jay Watt uh, is the producer. Uh, Milky, not to be confused with Milky Wayne. Um, Element, Just Black, Sincere, who I got tracks with all of them brothers. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Nimi, my brother Nimi, Indian K, uh, Frankie Fadeless. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like I can go, I can go on forever, man. Like for real, for real. Like I'm causing emphasize. <laughs> Otherwise known as Fleetwood Mac Ten, they're fucking amazing. Some of the best rappers ever in the world. Uh, Mickey Vale, that sister is great. Uh, the homegirl Natalie, when the, without the I, it has a one instead of I. <laughs> um, you looking up the Instagram? You know what I'm saying? Uh, Jessica Duran, dope as fuck. Uh, Osai Lens. Uh, Trevor J, otherwise known as Vex or Ben Nice, 
Uh, shout out to the Bears. We you interviewed Blaine one a while back. When yeah, shout out to Blaine one, the legend. It's a lot of talent, man. Yeah, you know I mean, one city. of these days I'm gonna just get on live and just start naming people and shit. Like, <laughs> see how long it takes me to finish naming niggas. You know, with that said, yeah. moving on a little bit, you know, to not just your music but your personal life as well. On top mm-hmm. of being an MC, you're also a father. Yeah. You know, how do you balance out being an artist? And a performer will also making sure you uphold your responsibilities as a parent as well. I mean, you just got to do it. Like, that's it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you go to the show, you're out there till 2, 3 in the morning. Maybe you're at the studio. Maybe it's even bullshitting at an after party. You still got responsibilities and you got to do it. You know what I'm saying? And, like, you got to lead by example with your kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to be there for them. Like... That's, that's all there is to it. You just got to give them your time, give them your love. There's always time, you know what I mean? Especially, like, if, you, if you're doing it right, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're doing it right, like, you're going to make time, you know what I'm saying? Even if it's just a minute, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's easy for me because my kid is, he's really good ass kid. Sometimes it creeps me out. <laughs> like, like, are you sure this nigga mine? He look like me. I don't know though. <laughs> I wasn't shit when I was a kid, bro. I'm terrible. <laughs> but like, you know, like, and then having the help of friends and family. You know what I mean? That that comes into play. You know what I mean? It doesn't happen that way with everybody. Say hi, Zay Zay. Hello. <laughs> but um. Yeah. But um, actually no, it's like eight thirty-four. Man, drink you some water. It's cranberry juice. So, but yeah. <laughs> but um, like yeah, it's like when it comes to being a parent, like you just have to have to give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's all it is to it. Like at the end of the day, you got somebody that you're responsible for their growth and development, and you're also responsible for their being alive. You know what I'm saying? Like. And you can't neglect that. You know what I mean? That's that's all it is to it. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. I feel that's something that gets left out a lot mm-hmm. as artists because you know, a lot of time artists are working regular nine to five yeah. on top of you know raising. Well, families and whatnot. I know a bunch of people. They're raising families. They and they're doing a good ass job. I know people that have strenuous nine to fives that are still doing, putting out great music and rocking good shows and taking care of their children, keeping their family happy. It, it all depends on if you're good at the balancing act. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, as an artist, would you hope that your audience will gain and take away from your music? I mean, I just want people, I just want to be a part of, you know, people's lives in a positive manner. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's you heard the music and you didn't listen to a fucking word I said, but you felt the vibe and you sat out and looked at the clouds and had a good day. Or like, I want to be the dude that's playing in your music when that memory that stays with you for the rest of your life happens. You met the love of your life or when you... We're out partying with the homies and had that epic moment. Or you at the show and like, do, 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 do. I just want to be a part of that with you. You know what I'm saying? Just like my favorites and my homies that I listen to, you know what I mean? Word for me. Like, I just I just want to make good music. And I want people to enjoy it. You know what I mean? However it is. And if I can touch people or change people's lives or 
even change their perspectives on whatever the case may be, whether it's just social situations, political situations, just how you view life or how you treat your fellow man, do 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 whatever. You know what I mean? Or just I, I just want to be, you know what I mean, a positive beacon in the world. You know what I'm saying? One way or another. You know? If you could have your fans remember one thing about you, what would it be? That I taught people how to not give a fuck in a good way. <laughs> I, I want that's what I want to do. I want to teach people to not give a fuck in a good way, like not necessarily in like fuck that, fuck you, do 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 do. It's just I feel like in the world, if people would stop tripping so much, like everything would be cool. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, everything in the world could be way more simple than it is if people would just treat people the way they want to be treated you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like that's it it's real easy like when it comes down to whatever we talking lawmaking we talking about dealing with your neighbors dealing with your girlfriend your wife husband kid whatever the fuck like you know if you treat the next person the way you expect to be treated then the world is going to be a better place you know what i'm saying that's what i want to come from my shit is just recognizing like you don't have to force shit to be the way you want it to be you can do whatever the fuck you want within reason. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's what I'm trying to push through my music. I think you kind of answered this question, but let's ask it anyways. <laughs> if you had one message to give to your fans, what would it be? Um, go on Bandcamp, buy 18 skips. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, if I could give one bit of advice, is you only live one time. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to do the YOLO, turn up and do 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 do, but not nah, like enjoy yourself like but also like do something like do something like don't just spend your fucking whole life sitting on your couch watching the tv or sitting on the phone listening to my ass talk you know what i'm saying (laughs) like go see some shit go do some shit go meet some people go chase a dream go accomplish a goal like and just try and be the happiest person you can be because happiness is contagious as fuck you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like straight up and down like, yeah, go be happy. How much longer would you like to remain active making music? That is if there even is a timetable on that. Ain't no timetable. I want to do this shit till I can't do it no more. I Like, I know you heard it in a bunch of rhymes. Like, motherfuckers want to be on their deathbed rapping. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> if I'm 80 years old and I can still fucking gilly wee wop wee rock and scooby-doo, guess what? <laughs> America, fuck you. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Uh, that was fucked up, but <laughs> but um, I'm waiting for that album. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I already made it a couple times, but um, as long as I can do it, I'm gonna do it. Like whether whether it's like on a stage or in my living room, like I'm always gonna make music. Like you know what I'm saying? Like till I die, like for sure, like without a doubt. I love that answer, man. Thank you, beautiful man. Going on to the future, man. What can you tell us about the, about any upcoming projects that you have lined up for the future in 2021 and beyond? You know, what does the immediate future hold for Rick Scales? Man, uh, the next project me and Quasar are about to drop is called FFO. We got two FFOs coming. Um, the first one is called For Funkin' Only, and it's a whole project about my girlfriend, Lupita. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah it's like i've never done a project like this before like it's like primarily love songs like i only got like one verse when i'm rapping about shitting on you niggas and, <laughs> and um 
But like, yeah, it's just um, it's a happy, fun, feel good album, and it's completely produced by Quasar, and it's not, it's exactly what you would expect from me sonically, but also a little different. You know what I'm saying? Like. I've been singing a lot more because it's something that I always loved to do and was always afraid to do in public. And being around a lot, like going to like spots like Neo Soul Tuesday and shit like that, like inspired me to get my R&B on and like being around like that love all the time, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, so it's like, you're just like, fuck it, man, I'll just hit that bravado on the ass one time and hit <laughs> some falsetto for you, you know what I'm saying? And uh, so that's tight. I'm excited about that. Um, me, Amal, and Vinny, like I said, we got a project coming out, a group project that we haven't made a title for, it's, uh, but the group's called Melanotti. Um, we got Dev Love and Quasar, mostly Quasar, um, on, on that project uh, for production. I got a bunch of features coming out with a bunch of dope artists. Uh, got some shit coming out with Jay Young Wealth. Got a couple joints coming out with Nimi. Got some shit with Doomcat. Um... I might be doing some shit with the Old Globe Theater again here shortly. Yeah, and I'm going to be throwing more shows. Uh, I got uh, the shows I throw called Slapping Hands, where basically I try and get a little bit of everything from the city in one room, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, as much as I can. And in hopes that people that, like like we were talking about earlier, you know, there's all these scenes, you know, and there's people that are paying attention to me and what I'm doing, so why not? you know, shed light on this beautiful thing that is San Diego music scene. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I might even fucking bring some punk rock up in that motherfucker, you know what I mean? Yeah. Shout outs to DJ Unite and them. You know what I mean? First power crew, the hip-hop versus punk rock, one of the funnest shows in the city. You know what I'm saying? Over at the Tower Bar every first Friday, but not yet. They haven't started to back up, you know? You know what I mean? But, um, like, yeah, like, I'm just, I just plan to keep making music and start recording some videos here shortly and throwing these shows. Yeah. Yeah, man. Where can people find you and follow you online to see all of your work and get all the latest updates for new music shows and promotions when we finally start having all that stuff out in public again? Mm-hmm. Um, everything at Rick Scales. Um, that's R-I-C-S-C-A-L-E-S. And uh, my group, 18 Scales, that's 1-8-S-C-A-L-E-S. Um all of our music is on all streaming sites for the most part, if I do recall. Yeah, we're on Spotify, Bandcamp, Tidal, Apple Music, SoundCloud. We're on fucking Napster. <laughs> that's just crazy, man. Uh, that's tight. I never thought we'd be on Napster. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, pretty much anywhere where you can look shit up is at Rick Scales or at 18 scales i don't have much solo music if you look up my spotify it's going to be mostly featured stuff but i've just started recently working on some stuff that's just some rick scale stuff with various producers because i'm just trying to branch out you know versatility mm-hmm. variety the spice of life and all that i got some interesting sh- shit coming up soon yeah so no doubt man and with that said, you got any closing comments or anything else you want to let our listeners know about yourself or any upcoming releases of music? Shout out to everybody everywhere doing anything except for all the bitch-ass niggas and rude people and shit. Like, you know what I mean? Shout out to all the good people. Yeah, there we go. 
Yo, Rick Scales with that said, thank you for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for inviting us into your home to record this very special episode. No doubt. Thank you for taking the time to sit down with us and just talk. You know, we're looking forward to having you back on the show real soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you all for having me. Internet's Rick Scales, one of the finest MCs here in San Diego. You can catch him regularly at BattleBot, the most winningest MC <laughs> of the competition. He's one half of 18 Scales. With brand new music coming out real soon. Rick, thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you. Peace, peace, peace. Internets, once again, thank you for tuning in to another great episode of Step Off Radio. Shout out to the one and only Rick Scales for joining us. This is our first in-person episode in over a year, and we hope to have many more in the future, guys, as things return back to normal. We're going to close out the show today with a joint. It's called Holy War from Rick Scales and Nemi. It's produced by the one and only Gene Flo. And with that said, we out. Peace. 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 This message must resound throughout the entire interlink. I want this country to realize that we stand on the edge of oblivion. I want every man, woman, and child to understand how close we are to chaos. I want everyone to remember why they need us. Uh, purple heart rats, I've been in the field with it. Slave to the rhythm, but I ain't a field nigga. Underground railroad tracks. Ain't no turning back when you got the masses. Hounds on your heels, nigga. My brother said you let too many niggas chill with us. Don't let no guilty faces split your last meal with you. On the cross any minute, cause they will switch up. Sad part about it is it wouldn't make them feel bigger. I ain't asked for positioning, I've been stripped the scene. Creating soundtracks for whoever listening. Feeling like Bishop, I'm juice when I'm in the scene. Making rappers strider like I flipped them like a slipper brain. Skills tilted off a liquor and the filter deep when I hear the beat. Feeling bigger than the world of beats. Party fouls, pussy niggas feeling geese. Flow like, claim they bleed the game, but they still the least. This episode of Step Off Radio is recorded at the Justice Center, San Diego, and our music was done by DJ Root. This has been a Step Off Magazine production.